Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to Never Heard of It, a Night Shift Radio original. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review if you're so inclined. For more information, visit nightshiftradio.com. So I've started watching a new show. Okay. And if you have not started watching the show, you need to watch it. Go on. Our flag means death. Oh, my God. I keep telling Ellen that I want to watch this. And the more I see people talking about it, the more I'm like, fuck, now I'm behind. Other people know about this now, and I'm <laughs> I'm not original anymore. God damn it. Uh, so I'm three episodes in. I have no spoilers. I, I won't spoil anything. I fucking love this show. It is... Abs- I mean, it is... If you watched What We Do in the Shadows, yes. if you were a fan of of that whole crew, that whole New Zealand com- you know, comedy trope, like Flight of the Concords and that whole thing, you will absolutely fucking love this show. But even outside of that, it's just brilliant so far. Again, I'm on episode three, so I mean, and there's seven episodes, I think. It, it doesn't take much. Like, you show me uh, pirate... Uh, TV series and yep. Taika Waititi. I'm and sold. You're, and you're fucking done. I, I don't and need to know anything else. There's there's pirates and there's Taika. That, that, that's, I, I am going to tell you one other thing, which is going to sell you even more so on this. I doubt it. The third episode I watched was directed by Nacho Vigalondo. Oh, shit. Who was the director of Colossal and Time Crimes yes. that we covered both of. So he was the director for the third one, and I saw that because that was the last episode I watched, and I was like, well, of course I'm going to keep watching this movie. Like, Taika Waititi, fucking Nacho Vigalondo, like, this is golden. Like, this is an amazing thing. Leslie Jones is in an episode coming up. I'm excited ah. for that. Reese Darby is the main character, like... I, why would I not watch this show? I don't understand. I'm actually yeah. mad it took me this long to watch it because I just started watching yesterday, but it's been out for like two or three weeks now. I so say it, it hasn't been very long, but it's been long enough that, like I said, I, I saw it when like it, it was a couple weeks ago. I was just going to like poking around uh, looking for, for things to watch. And I was like, oh, that looks fun. And I, I meant yeah. to tell Ellen, but I think it was late at night and like maybe she went to bed like right after or something like that. And then it was... Like a week later, I, I had continued to forget. I think I mentioned it in passing. Like, oh, there's this show that I found that it like looks really fun. We should watch it. And then like nothing more. And then I started seeing other people talk about it. I was like, 
You're like, damn it, Fuck. that could have been me. God damn it, I, I, I could have been the one. Uh, and then, like, another week went by, and Ellen was like, our flag means death. And I was like, that's the one I was talking about! <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I big fan. Big fan of the show. Uh, absolutely. I just... I love the concept uh, uh, of, uh, you know, it's, he's the main, the, the, you know, the, the general plot, no spoiler plot, but basically it's uh, this very well-to-do uh, citizen during the piratry times. I think it's 1717 is the year. Yes. Um, and he basically is like, I want to be a pirate. So he leaves his family and goes off and be a pirate, but he is not, he is a very well-bred person. <laughs> he is not, you know, he is a gentleman of sorts, you know, high class society. So he has no concept about being a pirate. Definitely does not want to like actually hurt people. You know, he even says like, you know, uh, you know, pirating is dangerous and people do it because they have to. So I actually pay my crew a salary every week and feed them. And, you know, the crew, the very first episode, just talk about being bored the whole time. Cause they're like, we don't ever get to fight anyone, but like, <laughs> I guess I have money and food, but still it's, it's great. I cannot, cannot say anything more highly three episodes in. So apparently, uh, Piracy uh, was a, a a fairly big thing for the uh, the eastern coast of the U.S. the the, the southern U.S. Uh, to the point where like the area where uh, my parents lived, well, my my stepmother still lives. Uh, the um, the colors is there. the The mascot is the pirates, and there's just there's pirate imagery everywhere. We went to like historic Bath, North Carolina once, and there was this. Uh, there's a whole museum about the, the history of the town and about Blackbeard and all this stuff. I'm like, wow, like this, like, this is probably a lot more boring than, than it's actually made out to be, but it's still kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> but it's right. I can be like this one time this ship sailed around the Cape and came back and everything was fine. <laughs> and let's visit that historical site. I think like, it like, Piracy was was definitely a thing, and in sure. you know, it, to a certain extent, still is. Yeah. But I I think it's fascinating how much things like you know piracy on the high seas uh, has been romanticized to the point where like we think of like there was this time period where like pirates were just fucking everywhere, just pirating like you couldn't you couldn't go you know ten knots without running into uh, like a pirate after your booty uh, right. sort of shit. Uh, but like. It never really was that big, and right. it was mostly like it just wasn't like, like a fifty percent split of like you're either a pirate or you're not. Like it was or, not that. It was kind of like you're not like either pirate or royal navy. Like there was mostly like privateering and like yeah. merchant ships and, and it stuff was a like lot that. Of fisher ships, yeah, and a lot of scavenging and whatnot. Yeah. And like yes, like some of this stuff is it, it, you know based in reality, but like not not heavily. Not to do it. I mean, it's definitely like they took one story and then wrote like 40 books and three movies on like <laughs> one story of this one time that this one pirate did a did a caper or whatever. And they were like, this, this is it. We're going to write fucking year, decades worth of content on this one story. It's like the entire, I mean, I'm sure like most cultures have a lot of it em embellished. Uh, history uh, sure. in, in their their cultural lore uh, but i feel like it is a an extremely western and like specifically in like the the formal colonial powers of europe and 
the uh, still colonial power of the U.S. Uh, that really likes to like embellish and romanticize and make these big, huge stories out of just like everyday shit. Like yeah, in, in like like in two hundred years from now, like w- like what are they gonna say about like crypto or about like oh god the fucking the the convoy <laughs> like what what right. will the history books tell and like not not just the history books but the historical fiction what will the historical fiction tell us about the freedom convoy <laughs> <laughs> the historical documents uh hopefully nothing well and, um, and like of yeah. course now we have uh, a a better and more consistent well we have a more consistent written record of, of things and right. more consistent access to information and that's obviously how a lot of lore and mythology and just the, the stories uh, of our past that aren't real history uh, came about was from there being an unreliable written record and a lot of it just being hearsay or people literally making things up and it just somehow being accepted as fact. I'm looking at you, L. Ron Hubbard. Mm-hmm. You motherfucker. Yeah. He, he listens to our show, I bet, too. Probably. Yeah. Isn't he dead? I mean that that never stopped anybody <laughs> that, that, from listening I mean, to our show. Lots of dead people listen to our lots show. Yeah, he died in 1986. He died when 19- we were four, brother. <laughs> he, he is totally listening to our show. I you can't tell me otherwise. Uh, <laughs> uh, he like he got he didn't die. He went he got he got taken up into space or oh, whatever. Right, yeah. <laughs> what, he who, knew? I don't know anything who about. Who is the one? He was the one that started where everything's based off his stuff for Scientology. Scientology, right? yeah. So he, L. Ron Hubbard. That's yeah, he he wrote a sci-fi book that it, like detailed this made-up religion, and people started following it. And like, honestly, like, yep, that's the one. I I talk shit about L. Ron Hubbard and like how Dianetics became the, the the Church of Scientology and all this, but like that's also my goal is to to write something so outlandishly stupid that people are like, yeah, I want to dedicate my life to that. Yeah, that's probably right. <laughs> yeah, I. <laughs> I, you know what? I, this is definitely, you know, my, uh, a friend of mine had always said that like her goal in life is to become a cult leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and she actually got like mini internet famous way back during the MySpace ages. Oh, wild. Mainly just because she was just a part of a bunch of communities. So mm-hmm, like she was mm-hmm. just one of those people that was just always in the, you know, these small sort of communities. Yeah. So much so that there were entire pages dedicated to just telling her to shut up. There was, nah. like, there was a thing <laughs> called Shut Up Liz White. Uh, <laughs> and that was just pages dedicated to telling her to shut up because she was just one of those like MySpace famous people where she never, she didn't do anything. Like she didn't make content. She wasn't like, like a music person or like a photographer or like she literally just wasn't, you know, I, I don't mean this mean, she wasn't special in any way. She was just a person sure. who existed on the internet and was just there. Like no matter where you went, she was there. So shut up, Liz White became a thing. Uh, but that's the sort of document that like somebody is going to look back a hundred years from now because it's it's on document and they're going to be like, well, this Liz White person must have been a very important historical figure, but the only records we have are people talking about it. But like, she literally was not at all. Like, she was <laughs> she was just some kid on the internet, and that's it. But like a hundred years from now, somebody is going to be like, "We have to speak the gospel of Liz White," <laughs> and then that's that's it. And then everyone is going to be a, a cult around her. An well, extremely influential figure. Yeah. Uh, um, so. All right. 
Maybe you know the answer to this. If not, I bet Casey does, and I bet he would hate me for asking. Probably. Uh, the full title is Dianetics, The Modern Science of Mental Health. Uh, oh, wait, no, these, sorry, I, I apologize. Uh, these are separate. Okay, so that, okay. that, that helps explain. Uh, Battlefield Earth. A Saga of the Year 3000. Uh, I, I read, the, because they're, they're listed so closely together in the way that the font is on the page, it looked like it was Dianetics and Modern Science of Mental Health, Battlefield Earth. I was like, wow, that is an intense title. And also, <laughs> is that somehow the origin of, of the movie Battlefield Earth? Uh, but given that it is a separate work, I assume that that is actually the case. Uh, and I'm actually, yes, film adaptation. Yes, it is. By so there we go. Earth, yeah. uh, John, John Travolta. Who is, uh, this, who is a Scientologist? So. Question, question answered. There uh, it is. Asked and answered. See what uh, the internet can give you guys if you do a little bit of, re- if you do your own research, if you, you find <laughs> out about Battlefield Earth and Scientology. <laughs> Honestly, like the wildest thing, like, like just reading Wikipedia articles is not research, but also it's really not hard to find reasonably accurate and correct information on the internet with just a little bit of effort. Just a little and bit of effort. It's, yeah. it's fucking like the, the, the entire repository of human knowledge, uh, the, the encyclopedia Galactica, like Asimov's big dream, the hitchhiker's uh, guide to the galaxy. It basically is, is real. Uh, speaking of Asimov, you remember how mad I was about the foundation series? Yes. So mad often. that I actually almost canceled my uh, Apple TV Plus membership, but then Ellen started watching a bunch of other Apple TV Plus shows, and then I remembered that they're doing Friday Night Baseball this year, and sure, I like actually being able to watch baseball, um, and so like I might be able to do that without having to deal with fucking MLB, which is like their app is stupid. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I was so mad about that show, and so like passionate about this series, and like. It was such a, you know, I don't have to get back into it, but it was such a letdown because I had literally been a fan of this series since I was a small child. Um, Ellen, actually, for Christmas, uh, found from, uh, was it the Folio Society, I think? They do, like, the really fancy, like, really nice hardbound uh, copies of, like, classic works. Uh, She got me a hardcover set. Uh, you can't really see, but it's like right there on my shelf. Uh, nice. you know, a, a for Asimov, um, <laughs> of the, the original foundation trilogy. Now this isn't the, like the, you know, the full massive, you know, 20 book saga or whatever, but it is the, the original trilogy that they like, kicked it all off for me. And so I've been rereading that and all the more it cements to me that like, so the, the show was gorgeous. It was perfectly cast it was like it had so much going for it but they just leaned into the weirdest storylines and made the like the most bizarre choices when, when it came to, to taking artistic license but like rereading through the book it's such this like space washbuckling adventure but there's math and, and psychology to it and like there's this whole <laughs> underlying thing of like the currents of, of human civilization and how we interact on a macro scale like there's a lot of brilliance to it, and they could have made some of the, the the same changes that they did. Like, I absolutely agree with the the recasting of Gail and Salvar Hardin as you know black women. I thought that that was amazing. Uh, that you know both actors were absolutely excellent choices. Um, drawn a blank on the incredibly famous man who plays Harry Seldon. Loved him. Uh, like so much about it was was really well done. But like the the books are just this like adventure story that like the the uh, the show like just completely falls flat on the adventure part of it 
And that's like rereading the the story and like just like it's a quick easy. I mean the the first book is like two hundred fifty. Really turning pages, being like, I, they they fuck, they could have done that. They didn't the, do that. The copy I have is like two hundred fifty pages. They're very thick, uh, heavy, like stock paper, and it's pretty big print, so it's a super quick read. Uh, I'm like flying through it in like just like short chunks at a time, though. But like, it's just it like it's so engaging to me. And like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's really weird because it you know it's written in the mid twentieth century, so there's a lot of you know you know twentieth century slang, uh, you know, like now listen here uh, <laughs> and stuff like that, and you know they, the noodles they talk, are boiling in the pot. They, they, they're on like uh, interstellar spaceships equipped with like faster than light travel. He's like he closed a contact to open up a channel on the radio, and like mm-hmm. I, like I can picture the boop boop. <laughs> from like a you know a fifties sci-fi TV show or something yeah, like that, yeah, yeah. like the you know the way they describe atomic power is like the yeah. BL end on like like okay that stuff's a little dated but <clears throat> also like there's so much great material to work from there and like the characters are so great and I I told you how mad I was at the way that I think that they really. They they did the actor who plays Salver Harden a disservice by like writing her character to be such a like am I the chosen one or what? Yeah. Do I have these visions? When like Salver Harden was just a manipulative badass, like he like got elected as as mayor of the city and like you know he he played the the the, the cards right. He you know basically staged a coup and like successfully led the foundation for like another 30 years through like two major crises and like the whole like he's just a badass like like he he knows how to to play the cards and like he understood like he like didn't know the the full like mathematics of of psychohistory but like he understood enough of human psychology to understand like I think I have a sense of where Selden was directing us and like Fuck these, uh, the, these like old dudes like writing their encyclopedia. Like, go do your thing, buddy. But like, let me run shit. Uh, yeah, I'll, I, I promise I'll do it better. And he does. And the actor that plays Salvador in the show would have been so badass in that role. <laughs> that's that's a shame. I, yeah. Speaking of disappointing, oh, I'm reading the reviews for Morbius. And 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 how are they disappointing? Because. Are they saying that it's bad? Because that's not surprising. Yeah. No, I'm not surprised or disappointed <laughs> by the reviews. Uh, the reviews, I am disappointed that the movie is getting bad reviews. I expected it to. I Listen, man, Jared Leto is one of those actors that, like, anytime somebody makes a very big point that Jared Leto's in the movie, if they're, like, starring Jared Leto, I'm like, that's going to be a terrible movie. Mm-hmm. But when Jared Leto is just in the movie... And someone's like starring this other person, also featuring and also Jared Leto. I'm like, that's gonna be a good movie. Cause mm-hmm. like he's he's an okay standalone off the side character actor. But when it comes down to leading a movie, I'm not sold. But I don't think this is entirely his fault. Morbius is, was one of those films that got its uh, premiere delayed so many times mm-hmm. that I feel like the movie just passed through so many hands and edits that it just got over, like people just overthought like, oh, we should really cut this or add this or do this thing that I think it just got Frankenstein together. And I think that's why it's not getting good reviews. Now, full disclosure, I have not seen the movie yet. 
Um, we, can, we can go see it next week if you want. We should totally if, go see if it. If we have time, yeah. If we have time, we should definitely go see it. Uh, I, so, I mean, maybe, maybe it's not bad, right? Maybe it's not. Maybe it's okay. Maybe it's, you know, like Venom. You loved Venom. I you know, loved a Venom. lot of people lo- liked Venom. Like, obviously, they made a sequel of that movie, and the sequel did really well in the theaters. I didn't care for it, but it was cheesy and still kind of fun. Mm-hmm. So maybe Morbius is the same, but I'm getting the impression it is not. So th- there's a there's a couple pieces to this. One, uh, if we ever get uh, our buddy John back on the the show, uh, whether it be for another kung fu movie or anything else, uh, I-, I want you to do me a favor and I want you to ask him to talk about Spider Man's Rogues uh, Gallery uh, sure. because. We could get an entire episode out of just him ranting about how Spider-Man has the worst rogues uh, gallery uh, of all time. I actually got him going one time while he was uh, Twitch streaming Hearthstone. And I think several people left because they're like, what's this? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But... Uh, okay, so like the the Spider Man franchise, like Spider Man's a, a great character, and I I have loved Tom Holland's portrayal, and there is a lot of interesting stuff that you can do with the Spider Man Spider Man franchise. But like his, his villains do leave something to be desired, but that also means that you've got a, a lot of room to like kind of play up the the cheese in the camp and like have fun with them. And I think that. I think that the um, standalone Spider-Man movies have so far done that in like this this reboot. I'm, I'm I am not counting the other ones, and no amount of multiverse bullshit will ever you know change my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most recent ones have have done you know an interesting job with that, and I think like Morbius is not a character that I think can carry a franchise. He can't carry a a I. I I doubt he can carry a full, uh, you know, just a single film, but definitely is not something that I could see as being a recurring character. But as part of this mini Spider-Man franchise that Sony insists on continuing to do when Marvel's over there, like, doing it right, I, th- I think it can work. Um, I thought Jared Leto was great in Lord of War to the, the same point that you were talking about where, like, he's, he wasn't the main character. He just got a chance to just be... I yeah. thought he was great with that. I I don't think I've ever liked him as a, a starring character. I don't think that that'll change with this movie. I also think that from what I've seen of the the trailers, the plot is literally just the opening sequence of the passage uh, by Justin Cronin, uh, which we've already seen done terribly on film uh, in the the miniseries that uh, they never fucking finished uh, yeah. because it was done so badly uh, that I'm still mad about. Uh, so like it's it's an unoriginal story about a third rate character uh, who's part of you know the the worst rogues gallery of all time and is like in a, a second rate uh, second rate uh, like film universe spinoff franchise thing. I just I don't have high hopes for it. I will go see it and I will probably enjoy sure. like I, I will let myself just enjoy it as. A, a cheesy superhero movie unless it is just legitimately bad. But like I I I have very very low expectations. I mean my my biggest issue with Venom with Morbius with the upcoming Craven the Hunter film is they're that they're making Craven. <laughs> they're making a Craven the Hunter film. Ah! Yeah, that's a film that's happening, but that's a Sony thing, but like how Why? do you do Nobody fucking cares about Craven. Well, that's the thing. How do you do these these Spider-Man villains 
without, without Spider Man. They don't. I mean, like again, we haven't. I haven't seen Morbius. Maybe Spider Man makes a cameo, but I feel like. I mean, the movie. I guess the movie doesn't come out for another two days. Like technically, I guess tomorrow is the first showings. Technically, even though review embargoes got lifted today. Um, of the time recording this. By the time you guys have listened to this episode, the movie will have been out for a week. Yeah. So, like, maybe Spider-Man makes a cameo in it and the internet's going to explode about it, but, like, how do you do all of these side... Ca- I mean, like, Morbius... I mean, Morbius, Craven, they weren't even, like, major, major uh, Spider-Man villains. They were kind of like, hey, we showed up and did a thing and then kind of fucked up, pew, pew. Venom is a major Spider-Man villain. Like, Venom and Spider-Man had... con. I mean, like, there's entire runs mm-hmm. that are just Venom and Spider-Man. And that was one of my big complaints about the Venom movie. It was like, yeah, this is cool and all, but... Venom was cool because of his counter, like how yeah. he was the 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 evil mirror version of Spider-Man. Like that's what made him cool, and that sort of battle, like that's what made that tension. Like it was the, it was very the Batman Joker type thing of like, well, yeah. you made me fuck you, and he's like, I didn't do that. No fuck you. Now we're gonna fight for mm-hmm. fucking thirty issues for, forever, <laughs> right? Uh, and like. The, the Venom movie, as I've said ad nauseum, uh, is like a huge nod to the Lethal Protector storyline, uh, which is a great Venom solo story. But that comes after however many years of Venom being established as a Spider-Man villain, and even starts with Spider-Man fighting Venom because he doesn't believe that Venom has has gone on uh, you know the straight and narrow that he's he's becoming, uh, if not a good guy, at least an anti-hero. Uh, it, like it literally opens with that fight sequence, uh, showing how important it is that you know, like Venom and, and Spider-Man have that that hero villain slash anti-hero connection. And the movie doesn't give us that. The only way that I feel like I can ever truly accept a Morbius standalone film is if it gives us Blade. So that's also the hope. Uh, however, uh, no spoilers. I, we, we, we already would have been two episodes in by now. Uh, Moon Knight has been getting a lot of good reviews. So we're going to leave it at that. Mm. Uh, that's all I'll say uh, because I haven't watched it yet. So, uh, hey, thanks a lot for listening to this bonus episode, guys. We super appreciate it. We're very excited. We are going to correct our mistake from last week. This week, we are watching Suicide Squad. We are actually going to watch Suicide Squad. Last week, we intended to watch Independence Day, but somehow we both coincidentally accidentally watched the movie Independence Disaster. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. We, we will absolutely watch Suicide Squad this week. So tune in this Sunday for our brand new episode where we watch the movie Suicide Squad. Um, you know, so if you have not hit that follow button, make sure to do so. Subscribe so you get uh, notified whenever new episodes drop every Thursday and Sunday. Um, so make sure to do that. Leave a rating and review. And of course, share with 100,000 of your closest friends. Yeah, it's the least you can do. I'm just the minimum. Uh, Thanks a lot for joining us, everyone, and we will see you on Sunday. Sure.
father's tragic past, hidden in the adventures of a cartoon mouse. A cautionary tale on the dangers of temporal tourism. A woman searching for answers after the death of an old friend. This is the Storyteller series, a Night Shift Radio original. Every month, we bring a new short story to life in a full-cast audio drama. We publish a second exclusive story to our online print edition, and we give you a glimpse behind the pages with our author interview series. Subscribe to the Storyteller series wherever you listen to podcasts, and visit nightshiftradio.com for more information. Music